Well, I'll tell you, I pity the fool tasked with the responsibility of stopping Ollie Gordon. Kansas State couldn't really do it. KU definitely couldn't do it. And now West Virginia must do it and what feels like a must win. But first, it's back because we have a reason. Everybody's favorite, film review. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen. Here on Locked On Oklahoma State, we're visually available on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at Aldeo State, and we're available on all of your podcasting platforms. And for those out there for Apple and Spotify, we do have the need for you to go leave a review. So make sure that you you do, in fact, do that. Today, we're partially brought to you by Prize Picks. Do not miss out on the action, whether it's two dudes, four dudes, six dudes. You go to pick the guys instead of just all the overs or the unders or the props. So make sure Prize Picks is your daily fantasy stop. We haven't had a big reason to talk about the film, right? It, it makes it a lot easier whenever you have a little bit of a quarterback competition because there's a reason to kind of break down some of the things that we saw. But in this W, there's definitely reasons to break down some of the things that we saw, primarily because of the scripting, how good it has been for two weeks in a row, and kind of what that looks like, what that means. So let's just jump right off into it. We'll start off with what everybody's going to recognize as the theme for the day with a screen at the 1455 mark to Ollie Gordon. The offensive line did a very good job at selling the pass protection, all interior three offensive linemen. They got out of the gate fluidly. Jake Springfield, Dalton Cooper both stayed behind, did a pretty good job of giving Alan Bowman enough protection to find Ollie, who did in fact get loose, which is, of course, the theme for the day. The 13-43 mark. We're in a tight set with Jaden Bray and Brennan Presley to the short side of the field. We got Bray running a deep flag. Josiah Johnson running a little bit more of a, a spacing flag on the other hash. And his objective here is to evenly space the differentiation between the linebacker and the safety to hold both. He does that, and he does it so tremendously well that it allows Brennan Presley to come underneath of the crossing route, followed by uh, Rashad Owens' deep crossing route on the wide side of the field to freeze the other linebacker. Brennan Presley settled down in the zone there. Nice third and five, make, makes a couple moves, and gets the, the first down. What I love most about this is that Josiah Johnson is aggressively charging out to the secondary to take somebody else out on the play to provide another block that didn't really matter, right? It was close enough to the play that you got to give the effort level an A. All right, 13-15 mark, another tight formation. Uh, that that we have here. Oh crap! How'd that happen? Sorry. Uh, BP Bray short flag route. Bray crosses BP. This time Josiah freezes the linebacker again. Rashad runs a deep curl all the way up to the free safety. Free safety and corner kind of have a little bit of confusion collision there. Thanks to the route ran by Rashad, it confuses them long enough 
for the leaking Ollie out of the backfield. Pretty nice sidearm delivery by Bowman there. Don't love the platform, but he got the ball out quickly. Nice touchdown. Now, defensively, we're going to focus primarily on the offensive scripting, but there's a few things we'll point out defensively, one of those being 10-minute and 48-second mark of the first. Third and two, cover two. We pass off to a man coverage. Beautiful job on Nick Martin to undercut the route. It would have likely been a pick six if Jason Bean actually hits the outside shoulder instead of the ball sailing wide. So good job there by Nick Martin breaking on that instantaneously. First quarter still, 920 mark on 11 personnel setting. The offensive lineman does a very good job of sealing. So good, in fact, that Dalton Cooper from the left tackle position Seals off the A gap and the B gap all the way over to the right tackle. That's right, from the left tackle to the right, out past the right guard. And then he gets to the second level while Preston Wilson is pulling with Josiah Johnson following from that H back wing set kind of formation to kick out for another huge hole, big, big time gain, big first down. Here we are, the 840 mark. We run the dual stop routes on the outside of the hashes. Alan Bowman sees the middle linebacker cheating right, to Brennan Presley's short side of the field. The minute Alan Bowman sees that middle linebacker flip his hips a little bit and cheat a little bit to the BP side of the field, he sees where the underneath route is supposed to be from Ollie Gordon, checks it down, hits it there before Ollie's even there in stride. Beautiful job by Alan Bowman there. All right, you got to give credit credits due. 8-11 mark. They sent a blitz off of a play action from the wide side of the field. Alan Bowman misses Rashad Owens running a deep post into the vacated zone, which is very frustrating, right, from somebody like Alan Bowman who's been playing the game at the collegiate level for this long. Now he fixes it later in the game and throws into the vacated zone, but this opportunity he misses Rashad on what potentially could have been a touchdown, but he does hit Brennan Presley on a deep out for a nice first down. Now, he did leave BP hanging there a little bit high on the throw, but a phenomenal catch in the face of adversity, and he took it on the chin like a boss. 734 mark. We're in a diamond formation look, bringing Brennan Presley in motion to go to a 30 personnel package. Absolutely love it. Seeing the diamond formation or an iteration of it in conjunction with a 30 personnel package, didn't know that we'd see this this year, but I'm in love. I don't love the flea flicker off of it, when you're in the red zone on the 20 daggone yard line, it's not really the ideal place for a flea flicker, but great job from Brennan Presley, who peeled off of a block, where it was supposed to be a block, but nobody came into the zone for him to block, so he peeled. And an even better job by Allen to make the quick decision to get it to him instantly instead of waiting, like I think most quarterbacks would have wanted to do, is take another step or two to have a better form, uh, foundation to throw it from, better platform. But he didn't do that. He didn't get to his dominant leg, which is traditional, because he knew he didn't need to. He just needed to get it out because of how much room. So that was smart. Love it. Um, good job by BP, giving some wobbly ankles to the guys for another touchdown. This was followed by Trey Rucker getting deep. But, guys, Trey Rucker on their wide receiver, Wilson, that's not a good match. Anytime you see Trey Rucker running down the field with a wide receiver, Probably not a good situation. So it is what it is. Back offensively, 430 mark. I love the unbalanced look with Josiah Johnson back in that H wing back style of set. Nothing too fancy here. Rashad Owens runs a five-yard slant. He does a phenomenal job pushing up to the feet of the DB, right? This becoming this is becoming a theme with Rashad Owens. Is he's pressing the route all the way up to the feet of the defensive back so the defensive back doesn't have the time to break down and hit the same break with him and then you know alan bowman catches another ku defender out of position with a creeping safety who was caught in no man's land he 
might as well have been in the daggone box. He wasn't designed to be, or he wasn't trying to be, but he crept up so much. He pretty much was a uh, big gain, part of the big day for Rashad Owens. And that's great for all of us to see because Rashad, he's been one of those guys who put in the time, right? He was able to bide his time and, and work through the, the nuances, I guess you could say, of developing from within. So seeing a fifth-year wide receiver have a big day is a big deal. Um, we'll go back here, okay? I like to revert a little bit back to the defensive side of the ball, but <clears throat> I love this formation. Third and seven, 219 mark. Four wide to the short side of the field. We got three tight with Bray a little bit spread out, out towards the numbers with an empty backfield. Now, I love the formation, right? And then you've got your, your single Z receiver on the other wide side of the field all by himself up pushing towards the numbers. But we wasted this. We wasted this, all right? He misses Blaine Green immediately out of the break from the four wide side, right? It's just third and seven. He's crossing the face of the weak, weak side linebacker with what appears to be enough room to get to third and seven. But even if that's not the one read, Jaden Nixon was wide open off of a out route. And then uh, Brennan Presley was covered up pretty good due to the log jam that, that, that it was created right there. But instead of hitting either of those two in green or Nixon, he stares down Jaden Bray on a deep post trying to get the touchdown. And then by the time he notices the open guy immediately was going to be Jaden Nixon or green. He tries to throw it to Nixon a little bit too late. Should have been a pick six. If Kobe Bryant catches this, he is gone, gone, gone like the wind because there's nobody within a mile to touch him. So again, I hate wasting that formation, but at least it's on the books and it's something that did in fact work. And it, you can tell it worked on film. So this is something that West Virginia is going to have to use in preparation time. So if we don't go back to it, that's just time that they had to waste on defense from a preparation standpoint, so I don't mind it. I do not like settling for field goals because that's part of the traditional conservative Gundy mode that I hate. But this time I say he gets a pass because this one's definitely on Allen Bowman missing some of those touchdowns. Twelve forty-five mark, right? This is the defensive side of the ball. Xavier gets confused by the tight end being on the line, and he doesn't see him run straight by him, straight up the scene. So I'm going to give Xavier a little bit of a pass here. He does some remarkable things throughout the course of the game. And at this time, he just, it, it's part of that eye candy that KU has. Their offensive play calling is masterful. Their offensive coaching staff is phenomenal. And they're really good at isolating guys, especially someone like a Trey Rucker, and putting them in bad spots. So you got to tip your cap occasionally. You got to tip your cap here to KU. Um, I will say this, guys, you know, Mike Gundy, being the X's and O's guy for the special teams, it is clearly 100% having an effect. I mean, you could potentially argue how big of an effect if, if you wanted to. That's fine. But it's working. And then uh, another late touchdown, right? Fairchild there in the first quarter. Too aggressive by, by Kendall Daniels. But you'll take it because he bid on the play action and we shut down the run. So sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. It is what it is. It happens. Um, another thing before we kind of finish some of the game notes and get to Ali being stopped. Ladies and gentlemen, I do have to take this time to let you all know 
that uh, today's hiring, it's a crapshoot. And LinkedIn is what's going to help you overcome a lot of the limitations that you see in today's hiring market. There's a multitude of reasons why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. All you got to do is create the job, go to the purple hiring hashtag frame, and post it to spread the word that you are hiring. Use the simple tools, screening questions, and things that make it super easy for you to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can then quickly prioritize those interviews. Be 100% certain. In this high-stakes wager crapshoot day of hiring, LinkedIn is going to allow you to sort through the craziness. LinkedIn Jobs helps you provide provide the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Again, that is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Go there today. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so let's finish up um, some of the film review. We'll just go to more of like a a game notes thing here. And we'll just kind of hit the overarching theme here. The fight in the box looked good. I'd say that we looked good there. There was a lot of good that we did. Uh, it was amazing seeing Jalen Warren back on the sidelines again. Yeah, he's come back before for Rob Glass and Benny Tonga and, and, and his relationship with Co- Coach Wozniak. We need more of that. Okay? We had some ugly play calls. We were absolutely horrendous on third down. Fourth down, we're pretty pretty daggone good. One of the best teams in America. But on third down, it's been rough. It's been absolutely abysmal. And the settling for too many field goals, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Guys, I know it's somewhat controversial, I guess you could say, but you know, we had some some bad clock management there towards the, the end of the game. I do think that Colin Oliver's looking more comfortable. I think Nick Martin, you know, the the aggressive tendencies that he had was pretty good. Um 554 total yards, 161 eight yards, 168 yards rushing for Ollie, 116 receiving, 218 yards rushing as a team. Losing Dalton, that sucks, but luckily it's pretty minor. He's already kind of back to, to the fold right now. So, um, yeah, pretty excited. We had some big plays, right? I love that um, Colin Oliver made an adjustment. He could have batted down a ball in the first quarter. Instead, he went for the sack. They scored a touchdown. He learned from that mistake, and instead went down later in the game, batted the ball down. It was physical this week, right? It's been talked about that the practices were intense, and there was an emphasis on certain things, and it showed up for the most part. It was beautiful to see Rashad Owens have a career day. The former high school quarterback comes up with 112 yards, 
the team chemistry, team bonding. We've been seeing that come together. And if you listen to the post game, guys, you hear it. You hear the buy-in with each other. And all of the talk is I'm, 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 I'm here to fight for my brothers and fight for my teammates. And I love battling for the guys next to me and the guys in the room. And the teammate buy-in is absolutely phenomenal. The drops were much better. You know, Alan Bowman didn't throw it away as much as typical. He backed he backed himself into some corners, missed some throws, but he also made some good throws, made some big decisions. The overarching theme for me, though, is the conservative Gundy is going to cost us. And I know there's some people, oh, Cody, you're just a hater, and you like hating even when we're winning. No, I'm just realizing that with all of the phenomenal stuff, which was, there's a lot, there is some things that are going to bite us against better competition. And that you can't, you can't just brush that aside. Ten field goals in two weeks, you can't just brush that aside. It won't, it won't always be as, as productive. It's, it's not um, the prettiest thing in the world, but it wasn't ugly either. And what Gundy's doing with special teams, it's special. Like, I don't think we can over or underemphasize how big of a deal it is that he has his hand in this stuff. I thought maybe, you know, he'd lost the ability to draw up X's and O's, but clearly that is not the case. The conservative stuff is still bothersome, but the camaraderie coming together is big time. Them seeing the buy-in a little bit more from the coaches is big time. The propensity that some of the, the defenses are going to have to now try to find ways to shut down Ollie Gordon, like that's that's a good recipe for the passing game to be successful moving forward. Is it going to be repeatable all the time? Maybe, maybe not always. But the bigger question to me is, can West Virginia shut down Ollie Gordon? Like it's 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 not going to be a secret. That is the guy. He is the key. If you shut down Ollie Gordon and you find a way to shut down BP and Brendan Presley, then that increases your chances of getting a potential W one hundred percent. So we know that that's their objective, right? Stop the run, load the box. So what does that mean from a creativity standpoint in the passing game? KU tried to get cute sometimes and drop into a quarter's coverage, but we went um, underneath, and it worked really, really, really well. So it's not a question of what is West Virginia's goal, right? That's to stop Ollie Gordon. Is it possible? I don't know. I don't know that it is because it's not only a productive you're not only even seeing a productive version of Ollie Gordon, but you're seeing a happy version of Ollie Gordon. And it might be because through the first few games, he had 19 carries on in just 109 yards. Now, he was at 5.7 yards a carry, which should have been a precursor to, holy crap, we should get the, the ball to him more. But since then, he's got 68 carries for 425 yards. 
at 6.3 yards a clip. Four tutties, 17 receptions now, 180 yards receiving, a receiving touchdown. So if you're going to stop him on the ground, good luck. Because then you have to stop him through the air. Good luck. Then you have to find a way to take Brent Presley away from the game planning. Good luck. Because then you open up Jaden Bray or Rashad Owens or Blaine Green. So if the offensive line is going to continue to play this way, I pity the fool. I don't envy anybody who has to play us. I still have my reservations. I still have my doubts. I'm still not the biggest fan of Bowman and the crawdaddy uh, propensities that he has. But you got to pick your poison if you're West Virginia. Are you going to stop him on the ground? Okay, cool. Because you might not stop him through the air. Are you going to try to stop us through the air? Okay, cool. We can probably do quite a bit of damage on the ground. You can do quite a bit of damage and bet me over. Maybe. We're not hammering, okay? We're just lightly clicking. But if any of that has left a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth on the season, have no fear. Ladies and gentlemen, prize picks is here. It is the fun way to do the daily fantasy sports platform. It's the easiest and most exciting way to do the daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, whatever, you just pick more than or less than on two to six players on their stat projections. And then you kind of watch the winnings roll in. So if you want to take Ollie Gordon you want to mix him with Saquon Barkley or you want to take a Rashad Owens and you want to mix him with an Odell Beckham, you can do that with prize picks. And they offer Taco Tuesday and other weekly promotions that can lead to bigger payouts. Taco Tuesdays, they discount players' projections up to 25% to provide it even more value for you. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege today. Again, use that code, LockedOnCollege, all one word. It'll be a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege. Use the code LockedOnCollege for first deposit match up to $100. Get in on the action because prize picks is the best fun daily fantasy sports way to be involved with the players and make some money, honey. All right, why is West Virginia in what appears to be somewhat of a a must-win? Well, it's because West Virginia is in a similar situation to Oklahoma State a few weeks ago. Don't know what it's going to take for them to kind of reverse the trend. It took a loss to Alabama, a loss to Iowa State, and a bunch of donor meetings with Weiberg and some massive chewings to Gundy to get it to where it is now. But we're here. We're not reeling backwards. We've had the pleasure of viewing the locker room regalvanize each other, which in turn allowed the coaches to regalvanize the staff, which has regalvanized some of the players, which means bigger buy-in. They're at a, a crucial point portion of their season I mean part of the reason Neil Brown's still there is because their win over Oklahoma State last season 
It left a good taste in the mouth. But now you're hearing some turmoil between like donors and some of coaches, players, recruits, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is, but I've heard it from a few different people in West Virginia country that there's some disgruntlement currently going on in Morgantown between the fans and coaches, donors, whatever. And we all know from last season, when the locker room begins to fracture, you have just a little, little bit of time to even have a chance at regalvanization to put it back together. We have watched a little bit of that this season from an Oklahoma State perspective. West Virginia is in that same mold right now. So the winner of this game not only puts yourself squarely in position to be competitive for a Big 12 title game, um, but it also proves that the buy-in is getting bigger and better, you know, as the weeks go on. West Virginia needs this win. This is their Band-Aid. This is their opportunity to slap a Band-Aid on the bleeding to assess the situation and, and find a fix. This is their opportunity. We already had that. We found a way to kind of piece it together. It seems to be their opportunity. I don't, uh, I don't envy them having to stop Ollie Gordon or Brennan Presley. And I definitely don't envy what they're going through in the locker room with the coaching because we know what that's like. We know what it can do to a season. We watched it last year. We watched a little bit of it start to form again this year. But then we go back to giving Alan Bowman a little bit more of the Michigan stuff. We go back to Ollie Gordon being the bell cow style of guy. We go back to Jaden Nixon being a little bit more involved. We go back to some of the defensive guys pinning their ears back like all Gordon was able to earn no, call Oliver was able to do at the end of the game. I don't envy the situation that West Virginia is in, but we get it because we were just there. So don't give up West Virginia Mountaineer nation. You can still reel this thing back in. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work when the locker room starts to have some fracturing, but I'm also hearing that a large part of the fracturing is more with the fan base Unless, like, internally. So that's probably a good thing for West Virginia. Hopefully. Speaking of West Virginia, let's talk about the West Virginia Mountaineers and the rest of the Big 12 and give our rankings. We'll try to hammer these pretty quick. <clears throat> we'll go from worst to first. Number one, a.k.a. number 14, is Cincinnati. All right? It just it is what it is. They're, they're reeling. We catch them for homecoming. Next week, obviously we can't overlook West Virginia, but uh, it's a good time for them to be going backwards. Number 13, I went back and forth between UCF and Baylor. I really wanted to put Baylor here just so I could say Baylor and Cincy are about to have the, the battle of the toilet bowl section of the Big 12, but I got to put UCF here. I know they get John Rice Plumley back, but they've lost so many pieces and weapons that I almost don't think it matters that John Rice Plumley is back, so especially them going you know, to, to face OU and Norman for his return game. It is what it is. So UCF 13, Baylor 12. Baylor has almost the same problem that number 11 Houston does. And the fact that they have terrible, crappy fan support. Like, I would be embarrassed. I would be borderline ashamed to be a Baylor or Houston fan because they can't put butts in the seats at all. It's a laugh, laughing stock of the conference and it should be even more embarrassing for Houston that we let you into the conference and you still can't put people in the seats. Uh, number 10, taco Reckham tech. 
<clears throat> as we talked about, they're a much different team with Baron Morton. Well, now they don't have Baron Morton. He's hurt. So the Texas Tech going up is now going the other way. It got them at 10. TCU, who'd have thunked it? Massive win with a third-string quarterback. It's very surprising. So they get, they get to bump up a little bit here to number nine, number eight, BYU. That was a kind of an embarrassing loss at a moment where you could have kind of taken a little bit of a, of, of a hold on the top half of the Big 12 race. You did the opposite. That's why BYU is stuck at eight. K-State, have them at seven. Love what you see out of Avery Johnson. Hate what it means for Will Howard, but it is what it is. They are where they are. Number six, West Virginia. This is that, that Band-Aid carterization moment for them as they get Oklahoma State in Morgantown. Luckily for us, it's a day game, not a night game, so um, we got a shot here. <clears throat> Followed by number five, KU. You know, KU caught a hard break. They've had to battle a lot of the season without Jalen Daniels. Now they have the bye week. They get Jalen Daniels back, supposedly, this next week for OU, which sets up a pretty big conference game. So we got KU at five. Number four, I can't believe I'm saying this, our Oklahoma State Cowboys. The buy-in in the locker room was good. The buy-in with the staff was even better. Now the buy-in with the head man himself is turning things into possibly being great again. Followed by number three, Iowa State, who's playing a real brand of football. They look legitimately good. Their quarterback, Rocco Beck, looks like a real QB, and they're figuring some things out, and their defense is going to be able to continue to hold them. Texas, number two, they had the bye week. We're, we're cheering for the fight in Dana this week as they take on Texas. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's a wild, wacky, crazy Big 12, so hopefully Houston can knock off the horns. And then you have Norman Territorial University Rough Riders and Boomers, has number one. Tis what it is. All right, guys, we have guests. We have uh, our oh, our main man from uh, the Regulator Show, O.T. Tom, coming on this evening. Tomorrow, we've also got uh, another guest in Reagan from MarkCast. Friday, we got some stuff lined up, but we don't know if we're going to be able to, to hammer it home, so it might just be a regular show Friday. Saturday, we got the live show. Sunday, we're going to have guests on again. So make sure you stay tuned in. But until later on today, you know I love you. As always, God bless. And thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. Here on Locked on Oakland State, make sure you like it if you like it. Dislike it if you don't. Share, comment, subscribe, and uh, leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. All right, y'all. Later, taters.